visit. Here's your host, Sheila Dean. Good afternoon. Welcome to the latest edition of the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Just waiting for that really long intro to like pan out. So I invited all the people and now we're ready to dive into how Washington State and Pennsylvania and New York became the center of the COVID-19 pandemic early on because those were the places most associated with death and the most vulnerable. So there was a cover-up, at least in New York, there was a cover-up. There was definitely questions about how the conduct of the nursing staff and whether or not people could get their loved ones in or out of the nursing home during that time became a huge issue because the pandemic, early in the pandemic, it became more of a unknown area where they called in hazmat suits and there was a lot of fear and trepidation about the disease, but what we knew about the disease isn't different from what we really know about today, which is that it's a it's a flu with some symptoms. You know, some people have non, uh, they don't have any symptoms or they're asymptomatic. They get the flu, it's over, and then they have basic immunity to the disease. But we didn't know what basic immunity to the disease even looked like until the CDC said, oh, well, there's immunity. You have the ability or capability of auto-generating your own immunity to this disease. And that was like last week. So I'm going to read you an article that started just the beginning, at the very beginning, in March 24th of 2020 from the National Review. And this was how Washington State became the senator of a COVID-19 pandemic. So nearly half of all American deaths from the novel coronavirus trace back to the life care center of Kirkland, Washington, and its story is instructive. Nearly half of all coronavirus deaths so far in the United States can be traced to a single nursing home in Kirkland, Washington, just east of Seattle. Life Care Center, a low-slung building in a quiet part of town, is now the epicenter of the pandemic spreading throughout the United States. What is happening behind its four walls and how a deadly virus escaped them opens a window on the terrifying inaction of public authorities and the tremendous cost it has had. How is this any different from what was just declared at the end of a two-year, two-and-a-half-year cycle? You know, it's still public authorities and the cost it has had. We knew at the very beginning, this was March 24th of 2020. It all began with patient zero, a 35-year-old, had just returned to Seattle on January 15th from visiting family in Wuhan, China. Maybe he sneezed or coughed as he took a shared shuttle home from Seattle Tacoma International Airport. All we know is four days later, after feeling a little under the weather, He was in an urgent care clinic getting blood drawn and taking throat and nasal swabs. The next day, he was confined as the first case of COVID-19 in the United States. County health officials reportedly quarantined more than 60 people 
whom patient zero had come into contact with over those crucial four days after after he returned from China. None were confirmed to have the virus. But just a few days later, it became clear the authorities had missed someone. Firefighters soon became began receiving calls from the Life Care Center, a 25-mile drive from where patient zero was being held in quarantine at an alarming rate. Residents were reporting shortness of breath and fever. Facility staff, staff were telling firefighters and visitors alike of an unidentified respiratory virus. Life Care made 30 calls to 911 in February, up from seven the month before, but life went on at the facility as usual for its 120 residents and 180 staff. Visitors came and went, and patients were routinely discharged or moved to other nursing facilities. And for living there, I know that after a while, it was really tough to get people in and out of the facility. Like, they became locked in. And people were not allowed to move their loved ones during the pandemic uh, the closer we got to the April-May lockdown. So <clears throat> people were separated from everyone during that time. And so I'm, I'm interested in, in the audience. If you had a loved one or if you know of somebody who had a loved one that was in a nursing care facility, and they were stuck there during the pandemic, you know, maybe maybe someone in, in, in an elderly home. Um, because I know that the treatment of the elderly in some of these, you know, residential retirement communities also was very restrictive, draconian, and people were not free to leave um, unless they had specific, because they were in a specific column of most vulnerable. So that's how it all started, really. But then, you know, most of this ire and controversy about the nursing home uh, turned to flip on to New York. New York became the other epicenter. It migrated from Kirkland, which is, you know, boring. It's a boring community compared to the lively New York. Um, but. New York was filling up people with, there were lots and lots and lots of dying people in New York. And I think one of the things that happened that we know about now is that Governor Cuomo said that people who were infected with a virus who worked at the nursing homes had to go back and do their jobs in attending the most vulnerable. So that became the New York COVID-19 nursing home scandal. So in January of 2021, Attorney General of New York Letitia James released a report finding that Governor Andrew Cuomo had understated the toll of COVID-19 related deaths in state nursing homes as much by 50%. The scandal was made public on February 11th, 2021, when the New York Post reported that Melissa DeRosa, Secretary and aide to Cuomo, privately apologized to lawmakers for the administration withholding the nursing home death toll for, in fear that then-President Donald Trump would turn this into a giant political football. And in my, in my estimations, there are things that don't have the gravity of a football. Losing your loved one due to negligence 
and government-led negligence is the more more grave concern but here the uh, political survival and staying in power really was the consensus of I guess the media and the Cuomo and that's what they were concerned about um, what people who had loved ones in those nursing homes and in those nursing facilities they were mortified because they were being told they couldn't rem they couldn't move their loved ones they were separated from them they couldn't touch them they couldn't see them when they were dying um, so there was a lot of uh, obstructionism from the government and then the government was the cause of their death indirectly so the nature of the scandal is widely known as the alleged cover-up U.S. Attorney Seth Ducharme of the Eastern District of New York and the Federal Bureau of Investigation have lost or launched an investigation into New York State's handling of those nursing home deaths. So, so former owner of National Nursing Home Chain faces 22 federal tax and labor charges. Joseph Schwartz is in federal custody and expected to appear at a hearing in Newark, New Jersey on Thursday afternoon and this was dated January 20, 20th of 2022. So the former owner of a national nursing home chain that collapsed amid widespread allegations of neglect and mismanagement revealed in an NBC News investigation now faces 22 federal charges of labor violations and failure to pay federal taxes. Joseph Schwartz was arrested at his home in Rockland County, New York, say two law enforcement officials, and appeared at a hearing in New York, New Jersey. On Thursday afternoon, Schwartz lawyer Robert Fetter did not immediately respond to a request for comment. The indictment was sought by top federal prosecutor in New Jersey, U.S. Attorney Philip Selinger, charges that Schwartz, a former owner of Skyline Healthcare, failed to pay employment and unemployment taxes for the 15,000 employment employees he had and 95 facilities across 11 states. So New Jersey was at the center of shocking allegations reopened under a new name and I think this was definitely COVID related. Like they would have never found this other stuff had there not been a spray of legal examination into the practices around nursing home conduct uh, during the pandemic. And so we, we got kind of an, a new view into what happens in nursing homes, which is usually, you know, people go into the nursing homes, they go into hospice, and then, you know, sometimes they're forgotten. We don't want to admit that, but that's sometimes what happens. So um, nursing homes, people will go there to recover or they go there to expire. So uh, they're they're not dreadful places are not meant to be dreadful places but sometimes bad things happen there so with that we have one more one more news item to go to so at the top of this pile of accountability is Dr. Anthony Fauci who came up with all of the Oh, here we go. Fauci will one day be held to account. We are finally witnessing the crumbling of, of the facade they built from COVID to control, um, manipulate, and limit U.S. citizens and our behaviors, beliefs, and our constitutional rights. And that's the uh, Nate 
the Ginger Ninja. So thanks for coming by, Nate. You're absolutely on point. So Fauci falls silent following New York nursing home scandal after repeatedly praising Cuomo for his response. Dr. Anthony Fauci, and this is February 26th of 2021, heaped praise on Governor Andrew Cuomo on multiple occasions for his response to the coronavirus in the past year, yet has remained silent since it was revealed his office allegedly covered up thousands of nursing home deaths. New York has been particularly hit hard, and they've suffered greatly. They've responded, I think, in an extraordinarily powerful way. Fauci told Vanity Fair in March, because Vanity Fair is the paragon of health performative um, accountability in the world, right? Vanity Fair, that's that's the first source that you go to when it comes to health accountability, health accountability news, right? Um, the statement was a prelude to the lauding Como received from the media. Oh man, and boy did he fall. He dropped like a stone from London Bridge and it says Cuomo received from the media and Hollywood as well as a continued trend of accolades from the nation's top infectious disease expert that would be Dr. Anthony Fauci I'll just say it New York got hit worse than any place in the world see their pain and their suffering in New York was so much worse than anywhere else everywhere else was was just a micro dot their suffering was like negligible compared to that of New York, New York City, and places in, in New York that, that Governor Cuomo licked and touched. Those are the important people. So, Fauci said in July, catapulting New York is America's gold standard of, on how to handle this virus. Woo! Fauci's praise of Cuomo raised the ire of Senator Rand Paul during a Senate coronavirus hearing in September, accusing him of being a big fan of the governor, despite New York's high death rate. You've lauded New York for their policy, Paul said. New York had the highest death rate in the world. How can we possibly be jumping up and down and say, oh, Governor Cuomo did a great job? He had the worst death rate in the world. Fauci admitted that New York had made some mistakes. But that overall, officials were following coronavirus guidelines well. Very good, Dr. Fauci. Smiley face sticker and 100% Dr. Fauci. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to listen to what I found to be a very interesting plan that you have for New York. It seems really sound, and you have a lot... That's my Pinocchio voice coming out. That's Pinocchio. It seems really sound, and you have a lot of backup contingencies, which I like, so you're not going to get caught shorthanded on this. I'm certain, Fauci said. Okay. I'll take your calls. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. Thanks for calling in. Would anyone else like to call and comment on what happened here? Because New York was the gold standard of how to handle handle this policy of the pandemic. 
lock everything down and listen to listen to Governor Cuomo. Listen to him handle it. Wait, wait. Every time I now, now I get crap, I crash it every time now. That's just what I do. Did you say Cuomo licked in touch and New Jersey corruption like that's just not the way it is? No, no comment, sir. I, I can't, I can't recall. I can't recall what was said. I, I can't, I can't. And patient zero is either from Seattle or New York. Like we know this. Well, patient zero most certainly was identified as Seattle. Okay. But the outbreak, right. so the hazmat suit wearing, lockdown, you know, oh my god, it got, it got all crazy. Most certainly identified by who in Seattle. Okay, so. They all be sick. The popo. The popo in Seattle that couldn't defeat Chaz. These are the same popo that couldn't defeat Chaz. You know, no, no one could be bothered. Nobody could be bothered. Including people that care so much for potentially dying. Can you repeat the last sentence? I don't know if I would believe it. So they do allow NFT shilling in nursing homes now. No, I don't think it was funny. You're um, super robotic to, right now, Josh. Shilling NFTs in nursing homes because they're allowing that. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I'm taking the headset off now. That might be technically salient. We'll wait. We'll wait for you. <laughs> really? Yes, really. It's a talk show. We're trying to talk here. All right. Well, that sounds, that sounds technical. Did I curse online? Like I know that. Did you edit? Me I don't the know. Last time off on your show. I, I don't. I don't think I did. I don't think I did. But you know, this this app is funny, and I I just I just put everything out the way that it went, and sometimes this app is just buggy as hell. For the record, this app does what it wants sometimes with your communication. That doesn't mean I also get edited and pieces of the things that I say also get chopped occasionally. So okay, I want to bring in something funny and then I want to talk serious a little bit. So, uh, Is it germane to the to the nursing home content? That's exactly where I'm going. Don't leave Okay, alright, go ahead. Just, oh, right, you so, may proceed. Thank you very much. Um, there, was, there, there has been a showing of NFTs within nursing homes uh, by 21-year-olds already. So I, I feel like that's a great thing for Kirkland nursing homes. But if you are on the lower end of the class spectrum, like your nursing home usually isn't as good. So then it's where it gets into like you just can't see your loved one before they die. And they tell you it's because of COVID, but you don't really know until it goes on the death certificate. And then the death certificate makes more money if it says COVID. Right. Um, I'm not yeah, saying that those got covered too. All true. That's right. That all and, happened. And, and there's no, there's no natural remedies. Like the, the government, you know, uh, cares about our health. That's why we have Medicare for all. They care about body autonomy. That's why they've protected our reproductive rights for women. Uh, you know, it, that's, that's where we're at, I think. So I'm, 
I'm excited to be alive. It's Monday. I don't have a job, but I can be a useless idiot on programs. And uh, that is, that's the bare minimum. Okay. All right. Well, that was Joshua, and he, he said what he had to say, you know, and, and we regard it as, you know, Josh, you're, you're a free person in, in America. You get to say what you need to say. Um, I think what's kind of stinging for me is that there was a lot of authoritarianism through the, throughout most of this pandemic. We were asked to believe things that were just kind of incredible the entire time. Um, the masking element was, I think, the biggest one for some people. For me, it was the fact that people couldn't see their loved ones right before they died. Uh, and then cutting people off from people who were, like, extremely old and infirm and, you know, separating loved ones during the holidays, I think that was really a tough one. So, kind of that mentality got entrenched definitely during the earlier part of this year. They were they were hitting it pretty hard, and that's right when I moved to Austin. And it was so we moved to Austin for two reasons: the real estate was affordable, but the bigger reason was that the law and the provision for the law was more reasonable than it ever would be in Washington State. Washington State went cuckoo and deferred to the nature of Anthony Fauci and the authoritative set, you know, taking blood, taking taking samples of plasma, all of that, and it was really untrustworthy the entire time. Go ahead, Nate. Thank you for coming back and speaking to us. Uh, can you hear me, first of all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can hear you well. Okay, great. Great. Um, oh, yeah, no no problem. It's been a crazy past couple of days. I'm trying to hang on to my job, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's tenuous, uh, t- really, to be completely honest. I, I mean, I know this is slightly off subject, but I think there are a lot of facets of our economy right now that are – like a house of cards and uh personally i I get this sense uh now that might that might just be a sense from my own company but i i think we're seeing anyway but that's neither here nor do you work in in, uh healthcare as i recall i think yeah tangential to it so i'm a medical device sales rep have been for a very very long time um so what i sell are basically uh they would be uh like related to arthroscopy, okay? So, uh, and actually, I, you know, I learned after many years doing this that normal economic forces do operate. Uh, believe it or not, some people will associate us with pharma. Uh, we are not. Uh, we are definitely, definitely not pharma. So, uh, you know, and I can only speak for myself how I conduct myself and how I operate within the industry, but um, I have no problem being open about and done how I've operated but I can also say how how I could see over time how far our healthcare system has slid 
and and my job involves a lot of working with nurses, doctors, people people that you would never hear from within within medicine, uh, you know, people below a quote like air quotes below nurses and doctors. So I would like to think that I have a pretty good handle on what happens on a ground level. So uh, I, I can't speak of what happens in every department in a hospital because I'm mostly associated with the operating room and with, uh, you know, sterile processing, materials mm-hmm. management. There's specific departments that I have very deep experience with, but many others Nate, that I Nate, don't know. do you know. have room for a question? Remember when the sure. big thing was ventilators and CPAP yeah. and, and all of that? Um, Absolutely. So... The ventilators was what kept people glued to the television when it came to Anthony Cuomo. Uh-huh. In the meantime, yep. you know, I, nothing could have really saved those people. You know, all people were just watching agape. They're like, oh, Anthony Cuomo has the answers. Many people, you know, I couldn't listen to him because he, I'm like, he's a, he's a, you know, you know, listen to me. I'm from the government. You know, I, I couldn't, you know, I just couldn't. So. I, I took the bait. No, I fell for it. I'll be, I'll be willing to admit. I did. No. But, but see, here's the difference: is I'm willing to admit that I did. Okay. And then when I started, and then when I saw enough evidence that I felt was evidence, like for me, it happened when he was, uh, you know, this was when he was talking with Rand Paul, and certain uh-huh. things that he said to Rand Paul really, uh. Like to me, in terms of whether something could be from a lab, couldn't be from a lab, that was when. Now, I was never. I mean, you know, it's a long process of, uh, and it's a gray area. A lot of it's never like, oh, everything the government says, I believe. You know, there were lots of things that I didn't necessarily uh, buy a hundred percent. But sure, you know. I'm I'm I am like an evidence. I, I'd like to think of myself as evidence based. I need evidence to say something one way or the other. And when someone is definitely lying, like when they mm-hmm. contradict, like, and when I can identify it for me, that was when he was being interviewed by Rand Paul and 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 someone who I didn't I don't have a particularly high, uh, you know, opinion of Rand Paul either. But what I saw was one politician, or excuse me, one. And he is a politician uh, lying to another politician. Um, you know, that's what I saw was a political creature trying to save his ass. And um, this is Fauci you're speaking of. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yep. And uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm happy to answer any questions like this. You know, whether or not this may not be the right podcast. I, I mean, I'm an open book. Yeah, it's the right but, podcast um, for right now, Nate. I mean, you've got you've got stuff you can, can tell us about when yeah, regards. Sure, yeah, and I you live know, in New I, Mexico. I live in New Mexico too, which is, I mean, living in New Mexico and seeing what they did to an already impoverished state. I mean, our economy. Here oh, we want to hear. We want oh, to hear. It's, it is. It's uh, okay. So we now we don't just have homeless people at every freeway exit and we don't have encampments at every freeway exit we're starting to see them on every block it's like this is my corner to beg on get your own corner really that's what it's starting to look like we've had why do you think it's like that how did it become this way oh because it's now a right apparently to uh to uh you know it's it's a right 
to set up on uh, public land, but great, even more so, <clears throat> the fabric of our society here in this city has not like it was ever particularly Albuquerque, robust. Right? Yes, correct. Okay. I mean, it's been damaged greatly. Um, you can just see it. Uh, people, I mean, from the cars people drive to, you know, outward signs like that to other things. What I see is a gap, a widening, right? Some mm -hmm. people have a lot of money. Most people have, you know, are struggling. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just been so detrimental. I mean, masking was all always strictly enforced. I mean, myself, I had to fight with some of my biggest customers because remember, I'm an independent contractor. I'm not actually employed at hospitals. So I'd fight with them to be able to have access because I didn't want to get a booster despite just having had COVID. And uh, th so there were, you know, that's one small story, but also talking to many nurses who were heroes during the initial year of the pandemic. And then all of a sudden, because they didn't want to get vaccinated, they were treated like dirt, like dirt. And it mm. just, you know, back in days when people didn't know what the death rate of the virus was, you know, like there were, there was a lot of speculation, but, uh, you know, these people did step up. They never stopped working. And overnight, based on what the government was saying, these people went from like being celebrated as brave heroes to being uh -huh. treated like they're and, and that kind of thing that uh -huh. really soured. That was like a major turning point in my mind mm -hmm. that, that this is, there's a lot of bullshit here and this is wrong because if those people, you, you know, you can't say it's so disingenuous to mm -hmm. for when we didn't know for these people to have stepped up. And now when you want to achieve a particular end, you're saying that they're enemies like this does. And there's a the public the became an enemy, Nate, for not taking their mandatory medicine that the government paid for. Right. I mean, the, the public became the enemy at one point. Yeah, regardless of who you were, the, the the worth of your of your personhood became attached to whether or not you would take a vaccine. You complied. And they com whether or not you complied. You completely, yeah, whether you did or not. And um, I'm going to to not use the term good German. I'm going to say good fascist. All right. If you were a good compliant fascist you went along with the government program and if you couldn't afford to do that because you had other knowing like I know I will become an injury victim if I take this vaccine I know that my child will become an injury vi victim if they take this vaccine based on their health history you know then the sanctions right, came right right then and the then sanctions punished. Came. then you're not allowed to then you're not allowed to have a life like you're not allowed to participate in public life and i mean when you you know what well more you used to you think about it until last week right. until last week now you can come out from under the under the pit now you can rejoin you know civil society the good people who took their meds whom are dying now by the way in many cases i, I wouldn't maybe well maybe the, one out of four no well, the, no. uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I worry for myself because I, I did take it initially, you know, mm -hmm. I, back when it first came out, I was, you know, I was clamoring to get it. So at that time, I, I really did want it. I, my fear was 
my and my justification and now this was for myself this was not for other people i never uh was a you must you know you have to i was i guess you could say i was meaning the how lights in your eyes the red how lights didn't flick on and you go into like you know demon robot mode like you must comply you must comply because i started seeing people who i loved who were being treated like that for simply waiting and wanting information and uh you know i i just i felt like okay this is wrong you can't demonize people that you don't know that you've never talked to it's like anything else you know you're taking but they did they did and i don't know if there can be a lawsuit over that there i mean mass harm embargoes there was a definitely a human rights violation in there somewhere don't you think nate Oh, oh, if we went by accepted international law, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, 100%, but but I think... Anyone else feel these... that way? Like, does anyone else feel like their their human rights were violated during the pandemic? I'm going to invite you up to the speaker column, Nate. This is not over. I'm we're going to take Blotty. Blotty actually is, is taking care of his, his mother at home. And um, here, I'm going to invite you to speak, and then we're going to take Blotty next. Make the next caller. Hey, okay, Blotty. How's everyone today? Hey, Blotty. I hope you had a great weekend. Well, you know what? My my rights were were violated, and since uh-huh. I was working for a temp company. That was the uh, the contractor for NBC Universal. They got rid of me in January. Ah, uh, this they, year. They had this year yeah. or what year? No, this, this year. year. This year, they had warned us in October. In October, the month of October, toward the end, they checked us to see if we had any vaccination. They there was exemptions, uh-huh. and suddenly those exemptions were gone by January when uh, that other COVID variant. What was it? Omicron. When that one wheeled this ugly, (laughs) wicked head, suddenly, no protection whatsoever. And uh, you know what's funny? Most of the guys that were out in that contractor were all, had all taken the shot, Mm. were constantly sick on and off, running was kind of cold. So I was masked because, of course, California, you had to be masked, Uh thanks to Gavin Newsom and the LA County. And at the same time, I told my boss, you haven't seen me once get sick. You know what? Because I haven't gotten sick from the flu since 2019. Okay? My body has developed a good immune immune system, and I heavily I heavily have a cocktail of herbs and, and mineral vitamins and minerals. I use what is called the my version of the Zelenko, Vladimir Dr. Vladimir Zelenko protocol daily. Uh, I hit my body hard with a lot of garlic, and I've been good. And everybody around me is sick as hell. And I'm I'm over here living my life. I'm not I'm not depressed. I'm a happy man. I love life. And yet and you're still and yet you're still with us. And then so many people have, dropping dead like flies. Mm, it's unfortunate, man. And I don't want that to happen. I I do not want bad things to happen to people who took that vaccine. I want you to know that with all of my heart. I'm telling you, because they took bad medicine, it's like poison. That's like saying, I want a group of human beings to all take rat poison and, and die. You know, and it's not where I'm at. That's not where I'm at. 
I don't, I wanted to avoid this vaccine. The question is, what's going to happen with Fauci? When is justice going to take him? That guy's over 80 years of age. By now, mm-hmm. he's probably in another country. But what's going to happen with the guy? <laughs> when is justice going to prevail? <laughs> No? I don't. I don't I know. I at least want to have the honor of. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. What, what would you do? I mean, you know, what would you have us do, Vladi? If, if you had your. I, I, I can't say it. I can't, I'm using my <laughs> real name. I can't say it over the over the cowlin. I don't know if the FBI or NSA is tracking it. I would love to say the things I would love to do. You know. Are, are they mean? Are they deadly? Yes. Yeah. I'm, they... I'm, a, I'm a cut. I'm a cutthroat kind of guy. The way I'm seeing the policy, I'm I'm worse than Trump. I'm a cutthroat, literally, like the old pirates. Yes. All well, right, old old well, pirates I, are. Go, go ahead, Nate. When you when you go back and you look at the conversations that he had with, you know, very very accomplished virologists, immunologists. Unbelievable. Remember, remember back in the very beginning, and Vladi, I don't know if you remember this or, or can recall but when it's documented um and actually jay bhattacharya was one of the people that was on that it, i think it was an email list or like a zoom meeting and there were it was 50 50 split with uh a lot of these people these very very intelligent accomplished doctors thinking this looks like it was a it created in the lab there are certain aspects of this virus that looks like it was lab created and within 24 hours, it was settled. It was settled, and there was consensus. Mm. Consensus enough wow. to, this is what we're going to tell, this is what the media is going to say, and that is all, period. Like, had they had their way, there wouldn't have even been a discussion. And, uh, you know, that's terrifying that, that this can't, anybody... This cannot ever happen. Again, I mean, I, I'm not usually the person who says that, but this can't go. This can't ever be the standard for American Western living ever, and, ever and, and again. Was, and, no, it can't. I, under, I understand, person... Shayla and Nate. I, I understand and I agree. The question that 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 I'm still worried is, what the hell is going to happen with all the medical, all the people involved in medicine? They contributed to that. They were like right on it. They were on it. You know what's funny, Sheila, that back in 1999, in a sociology class I took at East Los Angeles College, I read, when politics becomes medicine, I never thought I would live that shit. It was referring to the Muslims and the mutilation they do unjustly to women down Mm -hmm. there, if you know what I mean. But I never thought I, I would live. Yeah, but I never thought we would have something, you know, much different, but where the medical uh, industry, academia, professionals would be working lined up, uh, you know, right there in different ranks, levels of ranks mm-hmm. with the federal government, the okay. CDC, uh, you know. So I'm going to start poking around and looking for that uh, International Human Rights Convention uh, case, that, that arbitrator, that, that, that wild attorney who wants to make the human rights case for the people in the West you know, whether they be in Europe or whether they be here in America because they were denied their basic human rights. And don't forget the Nuremberg laws of which the Nazis were judged. 
they're still valid. And don't re- don't forget what happened to Benito Mussolini. That Fauci could suffer the same fate. That's all I got to say. Well, I mean, so, Fauci... So, go ahead. Oh, well, there are people locally here who mm-hmm. I know, who I went to school with, who were on social media. These are... This was a medical doctor who was castigating people for mm. anybody who was against lockdowns. This person was just... that he, he was condemning them. Anybody who spoke differently, who spoke out, anybody who went contrary. And I still am friends with people. Actually, they probably don't think of me as much of a friend anymore. Oh, that anytime that's unfortunate. I would post, anytime, oh, I've lost many friends. I'm sure, I've, I, I'm quite certain of this, that because I would post things contrary, something as simple as vitamin D. Hey, look at this. This is interesting. And the response would be, if you have any questions, go talk to your medical doctor. You know, it was anything to undermine anything contrary to what the mainstream was saying and anything to belittle them, to discredit them, to – I mean it was it was mind-blowing because these are people who I had worked with for many years mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. I thought were able to think independently, you know. And that's, that's what suffered the most is people – stopped any attempt at thinking for themselves. It actually, you know, it was like, we're going to outsource the ability to think to this select group of people so you don't have to. And that is what cannot happen again. We cannot outsource basic independent thought. And, I, you know, I get angry about it because... It's well, well that- Nate. I mean, how what? How would you? How would you support your community to to open, keep thought open after what happened? Just encouraging people to speak and not, uh, you know, not giving any single entity so much authority um, to decide what the truth is, and that's what you know to decide. I mean. Mm-hmm. disinformation governance board we're going to tell you what no. the truth and untruth is like right. that's a that's a negotiated thing that and that was dhs that was that was dhs right right and that's that is terrifying like i can understand a government uh or a, a party promoting you know having its own agenda i understand that that's a you know we live in a i mean this is real life we're talking about Mm-hmm. But I think I think people willing to hand their own ability to think, you know, the willingness with which so many of us either handed it over. And then when people were not willing to hand it over, it wasn't let me hear what you there was a say. struggle. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the level of struggle. I have a I have a bumper sticker on my car that is basically think it's not illegal yet. Right. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. not illegal yet. Yet. And and you know what? We've we are we, we still are, I believe. I mean, I think we we, we have decide. 2 minutes left in the broadcast, Nate. We're going to we're going to bring up Ben. Yes. I, please, thanks Bloody for coming up to share your story. I appreciate you. So, this is Ben. You are are you new to the program, Ben? Yeah, first time caller. Um I've been listening a little bit to what you guys have been discussing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the 
number one, I think it's, we can take a step back and understand that a lot of the policies were completely fear-driven. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that we can say that right now, that we're implementing. Yeah. And it's it's unfortunate, but I think the effective thing that those in power did was they dismissed any criticism, sorry about that, they dismissed any criticism uh, of the policies that were being implemented as right wing because unfortunately the only people who are actually trying to speak up and make criticisms of the policies were where i mean for the most part were conservatives i mean you had people across the spectrum but the loudest voices were Nate, do you, really do you find that to be to be true i think that, that a lot of conservatives feel that way but i think a lot of liberals were actually scaled off too and you're not really hearing them identify well well i was a leftist and i was scaled off during the pandemic but i have heard from those people i have heard yeah, from oh the left. i think well i think what happened was you had so Hang much in there, tribalism man. you had so much tribalism that people who were on the left i mean originally i i came from the left i grew up from the left that's where i am from that's where my roots are with many of my social beliefs but as soon as i started questioning things it was i Got, I also got a political badge along with it. Uh, and I think many okay. people on the left, that's what happened. I, I love this. Is. I love this. We're going to have to wrap it up for today, guys. But this is a very, very fine point to end on. Please return uh, to tomorrow's newscast between anywhere between 4 and 6, 4 and 7. I'll, I'll be back to, to discuss more with you about this soon. Thank you for coming to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Thank you, Sheila. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access Unsanctioned Citizen podcast archives at Substack, Automatic, iHeartRadio podcasts, and call in. Please stay in touch. We want to hear from you. Visit SheilaMDean.com. <laughs>